Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Tonight I'm going to teach a lesson uh, that is uh, part of our continuing uh, lesson series. And uh, I've really enjoyed these lessons. Um, They kind of go along and we're learning a lot of different things about who God is. Him. I'm good. I'm back. Um, We learn about um, why we serve God. And uh, why we feel the way we do when we're in the presence of God. And tonight, we're going to uh, take a little journey into the attributes of God. And whether you realize it or not, when I'm talking about the attributes of God, I want you to think about that's what you should become. Because the attributes of God are what we're here to learn. And who we should become. Um, I want to start out, I've got a whole bunch of scriptures and I'm not sure if they got it upstairs, but um, I want to start out tonight, um, if you'd all stand uh, for this first reading of scripture and then you sit down and I won't make you stand up again. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 says, For what man knoweth the things of man? In other words, I don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. Save the spirit of the man which is in him. So we only know what we're doing ourselves. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That's pretty amazing. Um, He's given us a chance to know his heart because he knows our heart. Praise the Lord. You might be seated. Praise God. You know, when we we think about God, there are, are three different things that are very, very evident about God. And if you've served God for any length of time, or even if you haven't, you've probably been faced with this somewhere along the line, that number one, God is all-knowing. He knows everything about us. He knows where we're going. He knows where we've come from. He knows where we're going to get into trouble. And uh, sometimes, uh, by the blessing of God, he intervenes in our life. And he makes a difference for us when we can't help ourselves. The second thing, he is all-powerful. There is nothing that he cannot do. He can do anything that you need him to do. And the third thing is he fills the universe. If you realize those things, you kind of get a grasp of what we're dealing with when you come to serve God. You, you really have your hands full because this is a lot for us to understand uh, when, we, when we look at uh, what God is. When I first came to start serving the Lord, there was no way for me as a carnal man to understand and to comprehend the spiritual nature of God because he is so far beyond us. And the spiritual nature of God is passed on to us 
through his spirit. So we can gain a knowledge of who he is and what he is and what he can do for us and how he thinks when we receive his spirit. You know, that, that's something that uh, most people never ever get any kind of a grip on because they don't ever seek out after God's spirit. You know, a lot of people, they haven't prayed a prayer in their life. They just do this all on their own. I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I don't want to do this by myself. Um, you know, I tried that, and that didn't work out very well. And, um, you know, we lived through a lot of hardship. We lived through a lot of pain. Um, you know, when you go out and uh, you enjoy yourself, usually it starts out being pretty good in the beginning of the night, and then as things progress, it gets uglier and uglier. And usually by the time you're done, you've either been in a big fight with your wife or you've been arrested for drunk driving or you've gotten into an accident. It usually doesn't end well. And, uh, you know, when you don't know where to go and how to find the help that you need and to find the peace that keeps you throughout all situations, it's tough. You're really lost. And you just don't know what to do with yourself. And you say, why do I keep repeating this process? It seems like I'm going in the right way. And it seems like this is okay, but it never ends out right. You know, that's a new saying that we have today. This is not going to end well. And... Where I was in my old life, it was not going to end well. And uh, God is able to help us. And that is why receiving the Holy Spirit into our lives is so important. And it provides our carnal man with a window into the wisdom of an all-knowing God. And this is the beautiful thing, because what I read in that first scripture, where he talks about that... Who can a man know another man's heart? You, you can't know it. And how can we know God's spirit except he fills us with his spirit? That's kind of the key as to how we start gaining wisdom. Through reading his word, through prayer, through having God speak to us. And we learn... Um, if you think God is speaking to you, if it matches up with the word of God, if it's sending you in the same direction as what you've been reading in the word of God, it's probably God talking to you. If it's not, it's probably not God. And you know who it is then. If you've got to start conniving and figuring out things, um, it's not God. So the spirit of God is is not received to judge or condemn, but that we might understand the nature of God and use this knowledge in our lives to do his work. So, so we talk about those three things that I said about how he is all-knowing and all-powerful and how he fills the universe. But God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. God knows all things and is perfect in knowledge. How many times have we read and experienced the opportunity 
for God to show us that he has a full knowledge of us. How many times has God surprised you that you were doing something and he knew better and he directed your path? You know, um, I'm, always, I'm always one, I'm getting better at it now, but I, I used to be terrible at this. I would always try and figure out all, of the, all the options that God would have in a situation. And uh, time after time after time, I'm thinking, okay, well, God could do this, or this could happen, or, you know, he could go over here and he could do that, and this could happen, and he did something totally different. And it was totally perfect. And so I kind of give up on that. I just say, God, you let your will be done. And you make a way for this in this situation. And I'm going to stand by and I'm just going to pray and ask your blessing. And you take care of it. And he will. He'll make a difference. He'll make a way for you. God, I don't know how to fix this situation. That's okay. I'll take care of it. That's what he's saying to you. Don't worry. I got this. And, and God takes care of that. He knows our strengths. He knows our, our weaknesses. And he knows how to support us and to help us and keep us. You know, in life, there's going to be things that you live through. And you're going to wonder, why is God making me live through this. And many, many times, the deepest, darkest days of my life have come with a purpose. And I'm very fortunate that in some of those times, God has revealed to me why I got to live through that and how I was able to be a testimony to someone else through the power of God helping me and blessing me. And now, when I go up to someone else, it's not that I'm feeling sorry for them. I have empathy with them because I've already lived through it. And I, can, and, and I wouldn't say, well, I know, what you're, I know what you're going through. I wouldn't do that. But I would go up to them, and I would, you know, I would try and be a blessing unto them and ask, how, you know, can I pray with you? Can I help you? And, and so on. This weekend, I had a... I had an interesting opportunity to watch, to kind of watch God work through the life of someone else. And uh, it was, I know, it was, it was kind of a, amazing, and, and I hope you can understand how, how this happens. A friend of mine, um, his wife had cancer and died of cancer. And he wondered. His wife was his best friend. It was, he, him and his wife were madly in love. This wasn't a woman that he was glad to get rid of. You know, this was somebody that was the, his partner. And he told me the story about how it, how it went and, and how it progressed. And um, he told me the story about how his wife would... Um, go to this particular bank when she was sick and um, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm 63 years old, I don't remember anymore why she was going to the bank she was going to put money in or take money out, she was taking care of some of her business and doing things and I think it was that they had been doing some fundraisers for her, for her care 
and she was taking this money to the bank to put in the account for that, to be used for that purpose. So she got to know all these ladies at the bank. Well, as, as time went by, she wasn't able to go to the bank anymore because she was so sick. So her husband, my friend Dennis, would go to the bank for her. And his wife would always ask her, ask him when he came home, how are the ladies at the bank? Did you talk to so-and-so? Did you talk? And so he, he would have to tell them how she was doing, and they would give, them, give him their greetings and their well wishes, and then he would go home, and, and he would have to tell his wife how things were with all the ladies at the bank because these were all her friends. Well, as, as it got further along and, and she was nearing death, all of a sudden she quit asking about the ladies at the bank, but she started asking about Vicky, the bank manager. And they, it struck him as odd. But every time he would go to the bank and come back, she would ask, she wouldn't ask anymore, how are the ladies doing? How is Vicky doing? Is Vicky okay? And as, as the conversation went on, I learned, I learned some things about Vicky. And Vicky was married to a building contractor in this town, and he used to beat her up all the time. Beat her up that she was injured beat up. Not just slapped around, but, you know, trouble. Uh, so much trouble that now she suffers from migraine headaches and, and so on. And um, this kept on and, and eventually um, she, she, she continues mentioning this to Dennis. And um, his wife eventually in a very short time, passes on. And I think you probably know where the story is going. Dennis ends up falling in love and marrying Vicky. And he's very aware of the fact that his wife had also talked to Vicky and was telling her to watch out for Dennis at the same time. And was interesting. Um, I believe that they're I believe they're Baptists and uh, sweet people. And I got to meet Vicky this weekend and uh, stayed at their house for a couple days and uh, got to share my testimony with her and uh, saw her cry just talking about the goodness of God and what God can do for you. And uh, I'm, I, uh, when, we were, when we were getting ready to leave on Saturday, um, we all s- stood in their kitchen and I said, you know, before we leave, I want to pray for you. Because I found out that she was still suffering from these headaches. And uh, so we prayed for her and uh, she cried again, and I thought, 
wow, this lady is really sensitive to God's spirit. And uh, I, uh, God's been really putting it on my heart now that he's going to heal her. And uh, I don't know that for a fact that he will. He can, but I'm glad that we have that opportunity. So now you say, all right, so this guy's wife dies. What a terrible thing. But through that, this other lady gets rescued. And, uh, you know, God knows what we can bear, and he knows what he has to do. And he knows who has the need. And that's where we find out about the greatness of God. Um, let's, uh, let's look at that scripture, Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. And it says, um, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. And he is the great God, and he is the all-knowing God, and he will take care of everything that you need. And the beautiful thing is that he gives us his power so that we can be like him and we can have that power within us. Because I believe, I believe that that day when I stood and prayed for that lady, I knew that God could heal her. Maybe I'm not confident enough that I would say God did heal her, but I'm praying that he is healing her. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear the testimony of her calling me and saying, you know what, since you prayed for me, I realized that I don't have to take that medicine anymore and my headaches are gone. And that's the glory of God in the lives of other people. And I remember Steve Kiley uh, preaching a message here where he says, look out for those opportunities where God is going to put you in a position where you can do a great work for someone else by his spirit, which is in you. We should be looking for those opportunities. And I knew, I knew that God was speaking to me while I was standing there and we're talking and we're kind of saying our goodbyes and I thought, David, you cannot leave this house unless you pray for that lady. That's the way God's going to deal with you. He's going to quicken your spirit. He's going to make a way for you that he will speak to your heart. You know, every one of us has what we call a conscience, right? And you know that that voice speaks to you, all right? So now you know what it sounds like when God speaks to you. When you hear that voice and God is speaking to you, you can make a way. All right, so God, secondly, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. God is present everywhere at all times. How do we get our mind around that deal? Wow, he is everywhere. And this, and this I had to read this a few times before it, I, it, I could get it. But it says, his center is everywhere. Okay, so he's with you, and he's with you, and he's with you, and he's with you. So his center is everywhere, and his circumference is nowhere because he's too big. He has no circumference. So he's with you 
and out to the universe. And he's with you and out to the universe. So he can do all things, and his spiritual presence is everywhere. In Jeremiah 23, verse 23 and 24, it says, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God, and not a God far off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill the heaven and the earth, saith the Lord? The omnipresence of God warns us that we can never hide our sins from God. You might think you got away with something when you ripped that guy off at the store, but God saw it. You, you could lie to somebody, and you might think, well, boy, I'm glad I didn't get caught for that one. God saw it. So we have to remember that as tough as it is, you know, when you were little kids and, and you could lie in front of your parents and you, and you thought you got away with it? Well, then this day of reckoning happened and you came to God. And now you know that God sees everything. And God knows where you are. And he hears what you're saying. And he hears what your heart is thinking. And he knows, he knows what you're doing. He can never hide. In Psalm 69, 5, it says, O God, that thou knowest my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee. So he knows exactly what's going on. And then God is all-powerful. Omnipotence, omnipotence, I'm sorry, he allow, it allows God to do anything. This is probably the most important attribute of God to get our arms around. This is where faith and power enter our lives. When you think of how powerful God is. When we realize that his spirit makes us powerful, we can do anything. That takes a little bit of getting used to, doesn't it? Because we think, I remember um, when I was a, a youngster, it was always, you know, that the priest was the one that talked to God. And all the power was on the other side of the railing over there. You know, up in the front, they had the, they had the railing, and all the power was on this side of the railing. It wasn't out there by you guys. You guys don't get any of that power. Do only get to watch. And the priest, he got to do all the power stuff, right? You know, and he, he did all this stuff. And so, but the nuns made a mistake with me. They taught me how to pray. Now, kind of an interesting thing, because they taught me how to pray and that God would answer my prayers, well, now, don't, don't get carried away. I didn't become super spiritual or anything like that. Okay, I was just a rank sinner. But every time that I needed something that was really worthwhile, I prayed. Um, silly things. Stupid things. But you know what? They were important to me. All my friends, they were all failing their driving test, right? All of them. They all had to go to second time. Me? Okay, I go take my test, and I'm, I'm doing this stuff, and we get back to the, to the thing, to the office after the driving test. And you know, those guys are like stone face. You know, they don't say nothing to you. 
They're right, they're writing away on their tablet, you know, on their clipboard, and, and I'm driving the car, and I get back, and I park, and uh, he's writing his notes, and pretty soon he starts talking to me, and he says, well, you know, when you turned onto the highway there, um, you know, you went right out into the center lane. You didn't start out in the shoulder lane and then move over with your blinker. You didn't do that. And I'm thinking, oh, man. Then he says, uh, you know, big events, you remember all those things, all those other stuff you don't think about, but uh, this was a big event. Then he, then he had me do a wide turn in this small street, he says, you know, when you were backing up to do your wide turn, he says, you turned around to put the brake on and you let the car go back about 10 feet before you stopped. He said, that was bad. And I'm like, wow, this guy's really watching close, huh? And, uh, and he said a couple other things. And then, and I had prayed before I went. As humble as I could have been, I said, God, please help me to pass this test. I really want my driver's license because I had a date with my wife who was not my wife, but I had a date with her for that night. And I sure wanted to be able to drive the car, her brand new Mustang. I really wanted to drive it. And uh, then he looked at me and he says, you know, you did all this stuff wrong, he says, but none of it's real serious. He said, I'm going to pass you anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going out tonight. And so we did. God knows what you want. And God knows if you're asking for something, you know, if you're asking for something sinful or something like that, he ain't going to give it to you. But God knows the desires of your heart. And, and we don't serve an angry God. We don't serve a bad God. We don't serve a God that doesn't want you to have nice things. We don't serve a God that doesn't like taking care of you. We don't serve a God like that. He's, he's a merciful God. He's, he, he's going to be a God of judgment someday, but today he's a merciful God. So we need to be merciful to those around us because that's an attribute of God and that should be an attribute for us. And away we go. So we find that, that he is so powerful and Nothing is too hard for him. He, he can do everything and anything. All right, so then um, we talked about the manifestations of God, that he's all-powerful and he's all-knowing and he is merciful. Um, and uh, I want to talk now a little bit about the nature of God. Okay, so we, we find out what God is, and, and what he can do and, and what we have to look forward to. But what about the nature of God? Who is he? When we look at him, who is he? And we find out that, number one, he is holy. So that, okay, now people are starting to lose it a little bit. You know, we have to be holy? We have to be holy? You know, when I first came to the Lord... And I met God at an altar, and I felt his presence. It wasn't, okay, what do I need to do? How, how much can I get away with? It wasn't that, you know, what, can I still do this and still get into heaven? It wasn't that. It was, God, what do you need me to do? I'm in. Because I had never felt this before. 
You know, and if I had felt it, I didn't recognize it. But those simple prayers, like getting your driver's license, and uh, my wife's not here, so I can tell this other story. Um, she she would she would appreciate it, and she knows the story. But um, I uh, I always talk somewhere along the line. We have to talk about racing. And uh, I used to drive stock cars back in the old days when the earth was warm. It was right after they killed the horses. That's when I was driving stock cars. And um, I, I had done very well. And uh, in, the, in the fourth year that I was racing, I was doing very lousy. And I was in eighth in the point standings, and that was very lousy for us because the previous two years we had finished second in the points and third in the points so we we were used to doing well um and so I was really beside myself I was ready to have somebody else drive the car I was you know I was going to do all kinds of stuff and I I sat down I was out helping my brother-in-law harvest oats out in a out on his farm and he had to go do something and I sat down on a fence row and here I am again back to cars how come we always pray about our cars anyway so I sat down and I started talking to God now I am not serving God at this time but it's important to me and God can help me what's important to me and so he uh I talked to him and I said, you know, God, uh, this is the last car I'm going to have. I had promised my wife that I would uh, buy her a house before I built a new race car. And, uh, and, I prom- and I came through on that promise. And <coughs> I said, you know, I really, I, I had never prayed to win. I prayed before races to be safe, but I never prayed to win. And I said, God, I want to be the best at something once. I never was good at football, basketball, baseball, none of that stuff. But I was good at racing. I said, God, please allow me to be the best at something once. And I was in eighth place, and I was ready to give up. And I left that field, and I can't say that bells were ringing and lights were flashing, and, you know, I didn't feel nothing. But I said what I wanted and what was important to me to God, okay? And I went on about my business, But I remember that day, and I remember speaking to God and saying that prayer. And uh, from that time on, that was at mid-season. Two weeks later, I won the mid-season championship feature. And every night from then on to the rest of the year, I never dropped out of a race. That's huge. And every night, I gained a couple of points on all the guys that were in front of me. And on the last night, I won a heat race. And because I won that heat race, nobody could get more points than me in the feature, even if I finished last. And I won the championship. I remember going home with one of my pit crew in the hauler. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, Dale? God gave me this championship. And he almost fell out the truck. You know? But that's what God will do for you. If you trust in him, he knows the desire of your heart and he'll bless you. And you know, this is how merciful God is. 
Three months after that, in December, that same fall, after we won that championship, when all my racing stuff was done, I didn't have anything to win anymore. I'm good. That was when we first came to church and God spoke to us and we've been serving God ever since. God knows how to pick your time. God knows how to make a difference in your life. God knows how to lead you to him. And uh, I'm grateful to God for that because he could have he made it possible for me to come to church before I had won that and I maybe wouldn't have done it because I wanted to keep racing and I knew that that wasn't going to work with me serving God. It just wasn't appropriate. It's easy to say that now. It wasn't easy to say that then. Because that's, you know, that's everything. Then. So anyway, the nature of God is that God is holy. So here we are, that um, when we consider the tabernacle in the Old Testament and the reverence that was shown to the presence of God in the Old Testament, we should be humbled by the fact that we can come boldly to an altar and speak to God ourselves. In the Old Testament, only the high priest could go back there. And they had to go through all kinds of convoluted things to get there. They had to sacrifice the lamb. They had to put the blood on the altar. They had to cleanse themselves. They had to do this. And only the high priest could go back there. And if he wasn't clean, and if he wasn't prepared right, he was struck dead by the power of God. And now, here we are. What a bunch of heathens. We just come marching right up to this altar like we own the place. We should be humble before him. Because we are able to come to this altar and face the powerful God that created the universe and have him speak to us and fill, him with, fill us with his spirit. What an honor. What a privilege. What a privilege that we have to seek him and to be filled by his spirit and to allow him to do that. And then we say, well, do I really have to do that, God, to get to heaven? Really? Really, you want to ask that question now? After this great God has touched you and made you whole and fixed up your life, and now you want to ask, do I really have to do that, God? Oh, my goodness. So when we consider what he has done, he loves us so much that while we were yet sinners, he, the sinless one, died for us. Wow. Has anybody died for you this week to help you? You know that God went to Calvary and died on Calvary? You know that movie that you go and see about God dying on the cross and all that? You know that's true. And you know that he died for you when you were yet a sinner? And, and we, come, we just come marching up here like, like it's a picnic. You know, it's not. We should be coming up here in reverence to him, to speak to him in, in holiness as much as we can because of what he has done for us. What would you do if you were in an accident and somebody saved your life? What if you were drowning in a river and somebody saved your life, rescued you? You'd be indebted to them for life. That person would always have a special place in your life. Well, what about God who saves our life? And saves us from the, the fire of hell. 
you know, that's a real place too. Amen. I'm going to skip a few scriptures because I'm getting way behind. I told way too many stories. Um, He is truth. His truth is pure and without error. It is absolute. Half truth is half error. All truth is all truth. We can't adjust truth to what we think. We can't make decisions on what's right and wrong. We have to go to his word and what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and all truth is all truth. And he is merciful. When David sinned, the mercy of God opened up the door to repentance and forgiveness for his mercy endures forever. Okay, then then we talk about the manifestations of God. Now, I'm, I'm laying out a, a, a foundation here of who and what God is, and now how do we see him? How do we see him in the world? Okay, first of all, we see him as the creator. He created the world. First, and maybe arguably the greatest manifestation of God is the miracle of creation. He made all of this. Can you imagine that? The earth was void and without form before God got here. And now we have grass, we have trees, we have animals, we have stars, we have all this different stuff. And we have us. He made us. Before this, the earth was nothing. It was done. It was just dirt. And he did all that stuff. Then another manifestation of God is how he is Manifest in his word. So, just like he was manifest as the creator, he extended his revelation to his creation through the word. He became flesh and dwelt among us. His creation. He set the example that is today portrayed in the word. So all the stuff that you agonize over, that you... Oh, man, I really have a hard time with this, God. Okay, go open the Bible up and look at what God had to go through. Didn't he have to go through that? Oh, they picked on me at work today. Oh, yeah, they spit on Jesus when he was walking to Calvary. How's that compare? Are you okay now? You go back to work tomorrow, okay, and just buck up? Come on. That's what happened. So when you start feeling sorry for yourself, just go back and read the Bible and read all of the stuff in in the Gospels where it shows what Jesus went through and what he did for you. Because not only did he die, which is way more than anybody else has ever done for you, but he suffered along the way. And he had to watch his apostles kind of turn their back on him at times. And he had to go to Calvary alone. They took him out of the Garden of Gethsemane alone. He didn't have a big crowd of people from church to go with him to make him feel better. He went alone. But he went alone and he dragged every one of your souls with him. That's why that cross was so heavy. Because he had to drag each and every one of us up to Calvary so that that blood could be upon your soul and that it could wash your sins white as snow. And he could make a difference in each and every one of our lives. 
That's all in the word. The whole story is there. So when you feel sorry for yourself someday, just go back to the Gospels and look at what Jesus did for you so that you can see who went before you. In John 1, 1 through 5, and you can listen to me if it doesn't get up on there. I'm reading it truthfully. Um, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was there from the beginning of creation. Before creation, the Word was there. And the Word was God. The Word and God are one and the same. Boy, I wish God would talk to me sometime. Read the Word. That's God talking to you. You don't have to worry about it. It's the truth. And so the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He did it all. There's no helpers. He did it. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. And in John 1 and verse 14, it says, and here, this is the greatest part. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That was that blessed Jesus who came to this earth to die for the sins of mankind and to make atonement so that we would not be under judgment, but that we would be under mercy that we could come to this altar and not have to go through all that rigmarole. We don't have to be anybody special because Jesus made the way for us. He made the way that we can come and feel his presence. And me, a stupid, young, punk, stock car racer, I could come to this altar and I could be filled with the spirit of the great God that created the universe. Why should I not be grateful? Why should I not do everything in my power to serve him to the best of my ability? Why should I not do that? You know, we really get off sometimes. You know, we really get mixed up. When we, when we start feeling sorry for ourselves and we say, you know, I think, I think I'm going to go back to the tavern tonight. What? Are you nuts? What is wrong with you when you think that way? Oh, I feel really discouraged today. Well, I bet you Jesus felt discouraged on the road to Calvary too. So think about him for a while and maybe you won't be so discouraged anymore. Oh man, I'm depressed. What are you depressed about? Did you pray today? Did you pray? Did you, did you seek God's face until you felt his power? It's there. It's there every day. You know, he's only as far away as your prayer. But you know what? You know why we have so much trouble? Because we don't go to him. We just want to try and live life for ourselves, and we don't go to him, and then we get into trouble, and then we don't know how to find him. Because we're stupid. We're humans. And we forget where we came from. So always remember where you came from and remember how to get to him. You know, and I did this for someone else. I won't point them out. But it's there. 
When you start feeling sorry for yourself, look there. When you start feeling discouraged, look there. When you start being depressed, look there. Look at that cross. Say, oh, man, I almost forgot. Wow, that's what I got to look at. That's the one I got to talk to. I'll feel much better now. And you will. The more you pray, and I'll, I'll guarantee you, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not a betting man, but if I could, I'd bet you all, everything that I have and then some. If you pray enough, God will speak to you. And as you pray, God will make you feel better. And when you start feeling bad, just check back how much you've been praying. And you'll find out, boy, you haven't been praying much, have you? Well, I've been busy. It's hunting season. Oh. So now you're depressed and you don't feel good. Well, it's football season. It's racing time. When you get away from God for whatever it is, and I'm not picking on those things. I got I to mention everything I can think of so that I don't single anybody out. <laughs> but when, when you start thinking about how your life is having problems, start looking back and just do a quick check. Boy, I, I haven't prayed lately. I haven't prayed hard lately. Man, you know, maybe, <clears throat> why do you think we want you to come to church? Just because we want your offering? Hardly. Keep your offering. Come to church just because God's here. Sorry, Pastor. I know, I know we need the offering all the time. But, um, you know, and then I get to the part, and I, I have to get done or you're not ever going to come back. Um, the comforter, the, another manifestation of God. He is the comforter. And God's spirit now dwells in his people to embody the attributes of himself in creation. His spirit is in us. What a privilege. What a great privilege we have. In John 14, verse 16, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. There's promises in the word of God. And we are blessed by the fact that we can be supernaturally led unto all truth through the promise of his spirit that dwells in us. Don't ever forget that. He will lead us unto all truth by his spirit that dwells in us. That's why it's important for you to have the Holy Ghost, to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. It's not because it's part of our doctrine. That's not the point. The point is, God's spirit is for everyone. And when you have God's spirit in you, you will be powerful. And as we follow God, we will see these manifestations become a part of our being. We will become holy. We will become powerful. We will do all these things. And... Um, you know, we, I took a turn from my notes and I, I don't want to go there anymore because we're going in a, in a different direction. We will be blessed as we serve him. We will be blessed as we call upon his spirit more and more. Please, please trust God. 
Trust him that he knows what he's doing. Trust him that his word is true because you are the one that's going to be blessed because of it. Of you finding more peace with God and finding power with God won't make any difference to me, but it'll make a difference to you. You know, that was one of the things that really caught me way off guard when I came into this uh, church and into this experience is, is the correct word. The thing that really threw me off was as it compared to all churchdom throughout the world, I came into this and I'm looking at this and I'm really checking it over. My wife, man, well, we got to get baptized right now. Okay, all right, you know, we're in the church two weeks and she wants to get baptized and okay, we're at the altar seeking the Holy Ghost and I'm like, okay, is this really all, is this all on the legit? Is this all up and up, you know? But you know what I figured out and found out as I studied more and more of the word of God? I was the only one that had anything to gain by me being here. Because what the word was telling me was not to be a good church member, but it was telling me to look to him and that he would bless me and he would fill me with his spirit. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, this is good. This is a good deal. I'm coming here and I'm reading this and I need help and my life is a mess and God is telling me that he's going to wash my sins away. He's telling me that he's going to fill me with his spirit, the spirit of the God of creation and he says, I'll take care of you forever. I, I could tell you stories that the ladies wouldn't have to ever get permanence again. Of all the stuff that God has done for me, can I tell you one story? My wife and my son, uh, it was a long time ago, uh, Kelly and Katie were still in the mind of God at this time. And uh, my wife went, and uh, I was out at the county fair ha having a display for my business, and uh, she was running around, so it's a really crazy weekend, hectic, coming, going, you know, all stuff going on, crazy stuff. And we were, we were uh, in the church at that time. And, um, but it was still, you can still be crazy when you're in the church, too. But, um, so she, she goes with the car, and she comes to an intersection, and this altar area here, this is a, a state highway. And she comes up to this stop sign, and she looks this way, and she sees there's a car coming, but it's, it's in the other lane, so you don't have to really worry about it, but she's just looking, being careful. And she looks this way, no So as soon as she's done looking that way, then you, you take off, and she was going to turn, and she was going to go this way. So she, she takes off and starts turning and going while she's starting to look back. And by the time she gets looking back that she can see the road... She sees that she's out in the lane of traffic here and the car that she saw is still there but the truck that was behind it is now passing it in her lane, coming. And she pulled out right in front of this guy and she called out the name of Jesus because he was there. There was no doing anything. Jesus! Jesus! 
and she closed her eyes. And when she opened her eyes, the truck was in her mirror. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. But my wife is alive because of that. And, you know, people, people always want to ask you questions about the supernatural stuff of God. I've seen people raised from the dead. I've seen people that they said, the doctor said, you know what? You have cancer. And there's nothing we can do about it. And God healed them. And over and over, you see things where God makes a difference in people's lives because he loves us. He's a merciful God. You have an opportunity tonight to talk to him. It's maybe the last opportunity you'll ever get to talk to him. I don't know that. I pray that you have many opportunities yet. But life is fleeting and we don't know. So we need to make every day special with him and make him the center of our attention. Because once upon a time, you were the center of his attention and it, and it made a difference in your life. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. I've talked long enough. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being attentive and putting up with me. And uh, God is good, isn't he? You know, he makes such a difference in our lives. And uh, he, can, he, he, can just, he can just do it. And it's so easy. Wow. It's really neat. If you let God, he'll make a way for you. And he's going to do some miraculous things in your life. And he's going to allow you to be a blessing to someone else. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why don't we take a moment, come to the altar, and just speak to him for a little while. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.